Welcome to Human Dreaming, the podcast for curious dreamers. I'm your host, Britt Shefflin. Hello, dreamers. Today we are going to be covering some historical dreams and breaking those down into their component parts. But a little bit of housekeeping before we get to that. First of all, I really wanted to thank all of our listeners from around the world. As it turns out, we have listeners from the U.S., Germany, Singapore, Canada, Vietnam, United Arab Emirates, Australia, Spain, Ireland, the United Kingdom, and Hong Kong. So wherever you are in the world, thank you so much for listening and supporting. This will be an episode to wrap up season one. And moving on into season two, I feel like I'm just now hitting my stride and there is a lot of exciting stuff coming up for next season, including some more historical dreams and getting more into dream history in general. I do want to continue to keep the podcast ad-free and simple for as long as possible. So if you enjoy ad-free podcasts, Hopefully we can keep you happy. Thank you to everybody who has liked, followed, subscribed, rated, left a review. All of that really helps me so much to keep this podcast coming to you free and ad-free. All right, so on to the dreams. We have a few historical dreams to get started. I really love historical dreams because it's really interesting how many inventions, how many insights, how many things that we take for granted in our daily lives actually came from dreams. And oftentimes we think of dreams as being ephemeral and just things that happen at night, but all night long our subconscious brain is working and working to create things that we consciously want during the day. So my belief is that is why you will see so many inventions come from dreams. And another reason why dream journaling and paying attention to your dreams in general is of importance. So our first historical dream, one by Dmitri Mendeleev, who created the periodic table. And the periodic table of elements is foundational to understanding chemistry, among other things. I am quoting here from an article relaying his dream. While struggling to correctly orient the elements, he recalls seeing them in a dream, a table where all elements fell into place as required. Awakening, he immediately wrote them down on a piece of paper. Only in one place did a correction later seem necessary. This illustrates the benefit of writing down your dream ideas as quickly as possible. This dream would fall under the creative subtype. Creative dreams can be predictive or releasing slash reinforcing and interestingly also can occur during daydreaming. So I presume based on the quote that I read that he had the dream in a sleep dream, not a daydream or a nap dream, but we don't know whether it was an early morning dream or the middle of the night dream. Hard to say. If I had to guess, I would guess a more an early morning dream. 
but we may never know when exactly that occurred. So we can't really put it under the category of which sleep cycle. So that's why we went straight to the subtype of creative. Also, he didn't include the emotions, so we can't really do a complete breakdown. But the fact that he wrote it down so quickly and really didn't need much correction later on is a really great testament to what a powerful supercomputer our brains are. Here is another historical dream by Xerxes I, who was a Persian king that invaded Greece after being inspired to do so by a recurring dream. So since this dream is recurring, and there is no actual content that is included here, because it was from so long ago, and I don't know to what extent it was actually written down, but at any rate, we know that it was a recurring dream, which means his subconscious mind had been working on the idea for quite some time. While I wouldn't recommend invading other lands based on dreams, recurring dreams are the most important dreams to pay attention to, since they are, by their very nature, begging to be paid attention to. Another interesting historical dream that appears to have been both predictive and recurring. Predictive dreams serve to warn and or prepare you for scenarios that you may face, and recurring dreams are how the subconscious attempts to get your attention when the information isn't received the first time. And here I'm quoting again. Prior to boarding the Titanic, Isaac Frauenthal had a dream that he was on a big steamship that suddenly crashed into something and began to go down. He had the dream again when on board the Titanic. So in a way, he was somewhat prepared when he heard about the collision with the iceberg, and thus lived to tell the tale. He may in part have his dream to thank for that. End quote. So yeah, recurring dreams are really trying to get your attention, saying, hey, this is important. And a predictive dream, the one that serves to warn or prepare you for scenarios that you may face, made him feel more prepared for the actual event of the Titanic sinking. And obviously he lived to tell the tale. So his brain was able to warn him about possible impending dangers. Here's another chemistry-based dream that's also historical. German chemist... I'm going to butcher the pronunciation of his name. August Kekule visualized the ring structure of benzene in 1865. And this is from an article in nature.com titled Chemistry's Visual Origins. Vivid imagination was key to unlocking the secrets of molecular structure in the 19th century. Most organic chemical compounds contain loops of six carbon atoms called benzene rings. The 19th century German chemist, August Kekule, claimed to have pictured the ring structure of benzene after dreaming of a snake eating its own tail. Alan Rock offers a definitive account of Kekule's life and the significance of visualization in the development of chemistry. Benzene is crucial because when isolated in liquid form from compressed coal gas, it was used to make the first synthetic dye. And in 1865, Kekule proposed that benzene's structure was a hexagonal ring of six tetravalent carbon atoms, each able to form four bonds, one to a hydrogen atom 
and the others to adjacent carbon atoms. This concept, foreseen by him as an inexhaustible treasure trove, was rapidly accepted by organic chemists because it predicted the existence of many benzene derivatives that were quickly synthesized in the laboratory. End quote. Apparently, this vision, these visions came in the form of two daydreams, and the first in the summer of 1855, the second in 1862 in Belgium while he was writing a chemistry textbook. Okay, here is a fun one from St. Patrick, and here I am quoting from an article from irishcentral.com. Although Patrick was only 16 years old when taken into slavery, he was able to escape six years later and return home. He recounts a dream vision he had in which an angel of the Lord came in the night and told him of a ship that was leaving Ireland and how he might be able to take it by traveling south near Dublin. The clues from this dream all point to it being a predictive dream, and a pretty accurate one at that. His subconscious found a way to escape before his conscious mind could, and that is one of the wonderful things that our subconscious mind does. It's always working on problem solving and our safety in the background, even when we're consciously thinking other thoughts. Um, So this one breaks down being in the middle of the night dream. It was predictive in the predictive phase. So not saying, yes, it was predictive because it predicted events, but I'm talking about the, the REM cycle that it occurred in was during the predictive phase of dreaming. The subtype was present slash near future because it was planning for something to happen very soon or a possibility of what might, what he might be able to accomplish in the near future. Was it a physiological or psychological dream? Very much a psychological dream. No physiological triggers that are obvious there. The emotions, we don't really have any way of knowing what emotions he felt, but they must have been profound enough for him to really pay attention to the content of the dream and to get him to take action. So there is that. The literal aspects are that it was about his himself in the present day or near future on a ship leaving Ireland. Uh, the symbolic aspect, the main one would be an angel. Keywords and phrases, ship, leaving, traveling south, and near Dublin. Short and sweet one today for you. We will be doing more historical dreams in the future, and I will definitely be trying to get more female historical dreams, but of course, in most cultures, the records are more of men's experiences. So if you have any historical dreams by women, that would be great if you could send them my way. Let me know what historical dreams you would like me to break down. I will definitely be breaking down Calpurnia's dream, the one that she had about a predictive dream also, about Julius Caesar being killed and how she tried to stop him from going into the Senate that day. But that one definitely deserves an entire episode of its own because the history around it is absolutely fascinating as well as the entire culture, because they came from two slightly different cultures um, within their own country. And 
one of them came from a culture that believed more in mysticism and following your dreams and the other one didn't and spoiler alert it it will surprise you which one was which so that one will be really fun and again that deserves an entire breakdown it's its whole own episode fascinating stuff about ancient romans and the way that they dreamed and the way that they believed dreams played into their waking world I will also be covering ancient Egyptians and the dreams that they put into hieroglyphics, as well as the dream practices of many other cultures. So that will all be coming up in season two, as well as many more interview episodes. And again, thank you all so much for listening. Please remember that you can also find us on Facebook in the human dream Facebook group and on Instagram at human underscore dreaming. You can also hopefully soon find us on TikTok where I will do short and sweet little bits of information that can kind of just help you interpret, analyze, understand your dreams a little bit more and possibly even techniques from from other people because there are other really fantastic dream workers um, that especially have great techniques for finding the meaning behind symbology. So all of that to look forward to in season two. And again, I feel like I'm really hitting my stride, very much enjoying doing this podcast, and I so appreciate you listening. If you do enjoy the podcast, please consider liking, rating, subscribing, leaving a review, all of that. Have a beautiful rest of your day and sweet dreams. We are supported by Human Dreaming, the dynamics of dream interpretation by Sunshine Press. The Human Dreaming book can be purchased on Amazon.com, the Barnes & Noble website, or through your local bookstore. For dream share or help with interpretation, please join us at the Human Dreaming Facebook group. You can also find us on Instagram at human underscore dreaming. Thank you for listening and subscribing, and please join us again next week.